Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, February the 4th, 2024. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about the science of keeping and building muscle, getting size, strength, and power, and then keeping it, hopefully, uh, as long as humanly possible throughout your life. Playing off an awesome piece from our homies over at Precision Nutrition, uh, Brian St. Pierre, uh, Alyssa Bauman, and Stuart Phillips uh, kind of put this together. Uh, Stuart reviewed it, and uh, I'm going to kind of take some bits and pieces from that, deliver it to you guys, uh, chop it up, and serve it in uh, the way that I speak and how I think about it and what I've seen here uh, over the past 15 years in terms of people becoming strong, moving, feeling, and then ultimately, you know, looking uh, hopefully the way that they want to. So that is on the docket today. A couple quick housekeeping things before we jump in. One, if the audio is a little bit different today, um, I actually have my back garage uh, open here. Uh, the Phoenix Open is, is coming here in a couple days, so there might be some jets uh, flying through. So if you hear that, that's probably what it is. Usually I close everything up. Um, I lock everything down uh, to kind of soundproof the building, but the weather's nice, the sun's out, and I'm going to go do mobility after this, maybe walk around a little bit more. So fuck it, I said. Let's leave it open. Let the natural heat come in. So if it sounds uh, like a jet flies overhead uh, once in a while, that, my friends, uh, is a jet flying overhead. Real quick, um, again, you guys know Jeremy Scott Fitness app will give you a week for free. Uh, JeremyScottFitness.app. Uh, it's a couple of pennies a day to train with me. Um, all my weekly workouts, full programs ranging from four weeks to 10 weeks. We are loading a new fat loss finishers uh, inside the app as well. We load new stuff in there every single week. Any requests you guys send, we get it in there. Full mobility flows, nutritional content, and everything in between. So if you're looking for something to be a little bit fitter, healthier, or you just want to support the cause, JeremyScottFitness.app. You guys can jump in there and ask me any questions. I answer everything almost within 24 hours. Most of the time, it's probably before that, but give me a day uh, and we get back to you guys. Also, shout out to our friends at Just Meats. Again, right now, um, justmeats.com slash discount slash Jeremy15 will actually get you guys 25% off your first order. Now, this is the weekly meals Heather and I use at our house, usually four or five nights per week. Some of my favorites, the te- I can't say Texas brisket, worth a shit, and I always mess it up. Texas brisket um, is probably one of my favorites. The Korean um, beef is one of my faves. There's a Hawaiian uh, pork in there. There's also how oh, we just did this chicken uh, the other night, too, that was really, really good. Maybe it was like a teriyaki chicken. I don't know. Um, grass-fed, family-owned uh, ranch. They're in Utah. They ship it right to your front door. You can freeze it. You can put it in your fridge. You can do either one. Um, they taste great, and it's super simple. You're talking 10 minutes, and you guys are good to go. So if you're interested, um, the link is in the show notes. You guys are going to get 25% off your first order right now. And then I think they're throwing in a free uh, a free pound of uh, some of the chicken breast as well, which is actually super legit and very, very macro-friendly. So if you guys are interested, check it out in the show notes. Again, I think it tastes great. It's quick. It's easy. It's high-quality meat and uh, way cheaper than the bullshit a lot of you guys are buying at the grocery stores to boot. And then, you guys already know, uh, the one thing I take every single day, uh, my AG1, not only did this replace my multivitamin, uh, but a lot of other things as well for me. Um, Obviously, you know, being healthy 
is tough for a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. This is an easy health hack you can throw into your life. This is a foundational nutritional supplement, in my opinion. It's not just a multivitamin. It's not just vitamins and minerals. There's prebiotics, there's probiotics, there's digestive enzymes in there. Again, if you're looking for something to make your life easier, better, and healthier, this is the one thing that I would do in terms of supplements. Uh, on top of that, walking, drinking water, getting quality sleep, eating real food, and then sprinkle AG1 on top and you guys are good to go just to cover the gaps in your nutrition. If you want a free sample, 100% on me, shoot us a message. I'll send one right to your front door. I don't care where you live. We will get it to you. Everybody else, if you want a year supply of free vitamin D3 and K2, which you should already be taking, and five free travel packs, just simply look at the link in the show notes, drinkag1.com slash Jeremy Scott. We'll get you guys all the free stuff today. But if you want a free sample, just reach out and ask. I'm happy to give it to you guys. It's an easy thing to throw into your morning routine, uh, make it a habit. It's part of any ritual you do in health. Again, if you're looking for something to support your immune health, and again, if you know you're not going to eat 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies a day, this would be the thing I would take. So check it out in the show notes, drinkag1.com slash Jeremy Scott, or message me for a 100% free sample today, and we will mail it right to your front door. All the other sponsors are in the show notes. Our friends at Sleep Sold Separately, where I get my joggers, my hoodies, and most of my fitness clothes. My friends at JLab Pro, jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com, our protein, turmeric, collagen, and our krill oils, and our homies at Kettle and Fire Bone Broth as well. And we also got a deal with our friends at Torque Fitness for the Torque sleds and actually everything on the website. So if you're looking for dumbbells, plates, kettlebells, benches, anything, hit me up and we can uh, we can give you guys a discount on that stuff. So I'm going to try to make this relatively quick today. As you can tell, I have a little <clears throat> Metcon cough going on here. We did a, uh, a 50 kind of rep, five round uh Metcon for Dave DiLorenzo. Shout out to Delos for his 50th birthday party. Um, that was That's how we do birthday parties here. You get to do the, the, the world's worst workouts. Uh, but he's 50 today. Dave is uh, my partner in our Built Different Mastermind group. Anybody looking to uh, become an entrepreneur, enhance their career, uh, you know, it, whether it's jumping the corporate ladder or looking to be a solopreneur, entrepreneur, run a small to medium-sized business, if you want to be in the mastermind group, obviously hit us up. Uh, it's a great group of people in there, a lot of killers, and uh, sharing a ton of value. But anyways, he's my he's my biz partner uh, in that, and it was his birthday today, so we did this fifty rep uh, kind of uh, five round, uh, you know, building carries and uh, fifty assault bike cows, fifty reverse lunges, uh, fifty shoulder taps, and then uh, an inchworm five by five push-up sequence and every round you come in it goes to 40 cows 40 lunges 40 taps four by four so it just kind of teared down the day and uh gradually got faster but uh definitely was not easy it took me just over uh like 31 32 minutes somewhere in there and uh got a little metcon cough going on but i'm gonna try to keep this funky for you guys uh and just really go through kind of what you need to know about getting keeping and, and building muscle size and strength um as time kind of goes on here. And you find like there's there's different, you know, quote unquote, building muscle rules all over the internet. Um, you know, people will say you got to, you know, smash protein within 10 seconds after working out or lift the, the heaviest weights possible. And if you, if you want to be super strong, you have to be, you know, snorting creatine and BCAAs and HMB and beta alanine and insert, you know, whatever other supplement that's out there. And 
some of the things are true, um, and some of the things are, are not as true. And for most of you, the goal is not just to be the most jacked person of all time. Like, obviously, being jacked is cool, and, and being tan is cool, and being shredded is cool, and all those things, I get it. But your goal should, should really be about improving your, your health functionally inside and then out, feeling comfortable, obviously, in your clothes, staying strong, and, uh, and muscular enough to age well and, and tackle life as it comes to you. And do you have to do bodybuilding and powerlifting? The, the answer is not really. Um, you can take bits and pieces from that, but you don't have to make it your life. And when I say this phrase, you know, be strong enough and muscular enough to, to age well through life, that's really probably the, the key focus and takeaway here from today, just because there comes a point of, of like almost diminishing returns with, with effort in, in some people's workouts. And you've seen them before, and I'm not judging anybody. If you love to spend three hours in the gym, that's awesome. Spend three hours in the gym. There's, there's way worse things you can do with your time. But, and again, I don't think, you know, you can be too, quote unquote, muscular. I don't think you can be, quote, too and too strong. Like that's kind of saying like you're, you're, too rich or you're too good looking or your your wife loves you too much. I don't I don't think that's a thing. But when the cost of building all this muscle, when the cost of strength is taking away from mobility and flexibility and putting you in like chronic pain, then I think your fitness is stealing your fitness. And that's what I mean by how much muscle do you really need to go through all the stages of your life. And that's going to differ from everybody. But what we'll talk about here is just the basic stuff, like how much time you put into the gym to build and maintain muscle mass, strength and power over time, what to eat to kind of support your your strength training routine and your overall lifestyle, uh, two muscle building kind of lifestyle habits that maybe become overlooked. And then obviously what supplements, you know, kind of help slow, you know, the age-related kind of muscle loss, along with obviously the popular ones. Now, resistance training does more than build just bigger, stronger muscles. For one, mus- muscle tissue is metabolically active. And so for each pound of muscle, burns about six calories at rest and much more during movement. So I'll say that here. That's where like, you know, I don't know if Mark Bell is the first person to say it. it's like, you know, strength is never a weakness and weakness is never a strength. And it, and it kind of comes from you know, if you're, you're strong enough, you're, you're going to have muscle on your body. Like that, that's what obviously helps you guys move. And so each pound of muscle burns about six calories while at rest and a lot more during movement. And it might go without saying, but a healthier metabolism can kind of help, you know, stave off fat gain, which is associated with health risks as you age. And again, this is not a, a knock against people that are, you know, obviously fat or obese, but there comes a point where even if you love how you feel and you love how you look, you know, if you're super heavy, it's really tough on the joints. It's really tough uh, on your internal organs. And there is health risks that come with carrying a shit ton of weight uh, through your life. And it's just, it's just reality. I'm not, no judgment here. Um, So it goes without saying a healthier metabolism that has lean muscle tissue um, typically is one that, that runs better, you know, the full course of the race. Now, Strength training improves heart, lung, and overall health almost uh, as effectively as, as cardio does. Now, this is uh, 
I think there's a study here, uh, Stuart Phillips, um, who's at the Kines Department at McMaster's University, which one of the world's top kind of researchers on muscle resistance training and how it impacts health. And there is uh, a study here, um, a study of 12,591 people where resistance training was associated with a 40 to 70% drop in cardiovascular events like heart attack and stroke. In a Danish study of 50 people, uh, resistance training outperformed cardio at reducing a dangerous type of fat surrounding the heart called peri pericardial fat, pericardial, P-E-R-I-C-A-R-D-I-A-L, pericardial fat. Glad I can still spell and read. Um, the study goes on to kind of show um, the increase in muscle mass and what it does. It improves your insulin sensitivity and helps you safely use and store excess blood sugar, slows cellular aging, secretes protective substances, myokines uh, that regulate, obviously, inflammation, protect the lining of your arteries, and improve overall aerobic capacity. And all the above health benefits added up to reduce the risk of things you don't want in your life. So again, if you're strength training, um, and again, doesn't, and I'm not talking about powerlifting and just straight bodybuilding here. Like, are you doing farmer's carries? Are you doing pull-ups? Are you doing, you know, step-ups? Do you put on a ruck? Do you do bodyweight walking lunges? Do you sometimes goblet squat? Do you ever push a sled? All of these things are putting load on the body. You can get a lot done with body weight. You can get a lot done with a ruck pack. You can get a lot done with the weight vest. You can get a lot done with, you know, a set of 25-pound dumbbells. And so I don't mean here you got to pick up a barbell and go fucking ham on everything. It's just literally putting some external load on the body and using your own body in a way where you're creating a resistance as well and using gravity. So... With all the benefits that come with, obviously, strength training and being lean and strong, you can reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, heart disease, depression and anxiety, osteoarthritis, and obviously all-cause mortality. Now, can cardio do all of that too? Uh, it helps, for sure. There, I do think the aerobic component is huge, but... Resistance training is going to provide you a couple of perks that the cardio doesn't, especially as you age. By preserving your strength and your muscle, resistance training improves stability and prevents falls, the leading cause of injury for people who are 65 and older. older. Muscle mass also cushions the bone, so if you do fall, you're less likely to break something. And I've shared these stats on here before about people in nursing homes if you look at it, three-fourths of those people are in a nursing home because they can't do three-fourths of a bodyweight squat because they can't get on and off the toilet unassisted. So either they don't have the grip strength to hold themselves up or pull themselves up, or they don't have the mobility to get up and down or the strength to get up and down. That, my friends, is, you know, even if you're aerobically fit, if you don't have the strength to catch yourself, you know, when you fall or pull yourself back up or the mobility to get off the floor without using your hands, that is a problem. That is where the resistance training comes into play. So aerobic stuff is great. You got to do it. I think you should sprinkle it into all your workouts. If you hate doing it, lift weights faster. Simple way to kind of put it. Doing like rucking, pushing sleds, farmer's carries, all these things are, you know, good for you aerobically. And they're not the kind of things that are going to just, you know, light your heart on fire in two seconds, but they will get your heart rate up if you're somebody who kind of hates the, you know, more intensive things. Now, we're not talking about 
you know, cardio versus strength training here, they're both great. Um, to say one is way worse and way better than the other, I don't know if that's fair. Obviously, people gravitate towards what they like. But to me, it's like saying, you know, vegetables are way more important than fruit or vice versa. They, they, they have their place. They both do. Um, if I could only pick one, obviously, I would pick, you know, lifting shit because I like that better. But I, I do think you have to do both. I think if you only lifted super slow, uh, you're missing some things. And so cardio and obviously strength training both benefit overall health, longevity in synergistic ways. And so ideally, you do them both and you build them into your program same way you would mobility. Obviously, resistance training doesn't just, you know, it's not the only thing. Again, I'll, I'll repeat this maybe one or two more times on here. You got to do both. I think you have to do everything to be, you know, well-rounded. Where you want to draw that Mendoza line of how much, you know, resistance training versus how much mobility versus how much aerobic work I have to do, that's up to you guys. Um, it really is. But I, I do think you should have a balancer. That's why I say if you always have a goal and accountability, uh, a community and a coach, you tend to do obviously much better. So I'm a fan of it all. Um, and obviously, as you age, and I can say this, it becomes harder to maintain muscle and strength. It just does, you know, especially from peak. And I think oftentimes we look back in time and we we compare it to peak. And that's not fair, and I don't think it's it's right either, where whatever my, you know, if I'm trying to, like, pull numbers, like deadlift PRs of uh, 600 pounds or 550 pounds or, you know, 515 pounds for triples or, or whatever, doubles, whatever it even was, those days are gone for me. I don't need to do that. That's where my fitness steals my fitness. Only bad things are going to happen to me at over 40 years old doing that. And so I don't have that peak strength anymore. I go, but I also don't need it. I am much stronger in other ways. And that's where I think you got to divorce your mind from, well, I got to go bench this. I'm like, you don't. Nobody gives a shit. Like if you can bench 300 pounds, you're strong. But if you can do 25 slow controlled bodyweight pushups in a row, stiff line head to heel, glutes tight, abs braced, and your chest can basically get to the floor and you can come back up at full extension, that's super strong too. So that's what I mean. Like, you know, maybe you can't squat 350 pounds anymore, but you can do walking lunges for five straight minutes through full range of motion. That's really strong too. So again, there, there's more than one way to skin a cat here. And so just know you're giving up maybe maximal one rep strength numbers as you age, but you can, I don't know how I say this, morph that or you can transfer that and be strong in other areas, like like how, how mobile you are, how strong you are through length. But make no mistake, no matter what way you look at it, it is harder as you get older. It's just life, hormones, you know, it's like you're a, it's like a, an apex or it's like a, a triangle, right? Like you start off as a baby and then you come up to this peak of your peak athleticism and then it's a, sadly a, a downhill trend from there. It's just, it's life, man. There's no if ands, or buts about it. Like even the greatest of us, uh, even the LeBron James of the world, I'm like, yeah, he's still great, man, but he's not peak LeBron. Like when you watch him go, he's not LeBron of the Miami Heat. Like when he would just fucking take off, man on a dead sprint and just out sprint everybody and basically jump off of one leg. Like he's on a fucking trampoline. Amazing to watch. He's, he still super impressive. Yes. Is it anywhere close to peak him? Not even remotely. 
And so if it gets him, it's going to get us. Father time is, is undefeated. And I think it's harder for a lot of people to maintain strength and their muscle because they don't move as much. I think if you never stop moving, you got a way better chance, man. And if you stop moving sooner and you stop kind of trying to be strong and trying to be mobile and trying to be fit, it's going to catch up with you a whole hell of a lot faster. And even if you worked out as much in your 60s and 70s as you did in your 30s, you're still really likely to to grow weaker and smaller. And that sucks, man. Um, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's a reality. You know, there's good things about getting older and there's bad things about getting older. And that definitely is is one of the the bad things. It's one of the things that sucks for sure. Um, We'd all like to be peak ourselves, but you know, you can't be there. It's all just seasons of life. It's all just moments of time. And uh, there's things that I miss about my my teens and my 20s and my 30s, for sure, that I wish I could swap out of this body and, and, you know, take, but unfortunately I can't. And just know, like, it happens, um, and it's okay. But you can be super fucking shredded, you can be super jacked, and you can be super fit and healthy for a 40-year-old, for a 50-year-old, for a 60-year-old, for a 70-year-old. You just might not be peak 28-year-old you, and that's okay. Obviously, you have to know like older skeletal muscle is more anabolically resistant than younger skeletal muscle. And that means as you age, muscle protein synthesis, the building of new muscle slows while breaking down muscle accelerates. So it's just, again, father time. You lose more muscle than you build. So as you age, unless even if you're on, again, even if you're on a shit ton of, of drugs, um, it's going to happen. You know, you don't see 93-year-old guys who are 240 pounds who are shredded. It just isn't, you know. But you, you do the best you can with what you have. And so you're going to lose more muscle than you build as you get older. So size, strength, and power, it does diminish over time. But you can, you can fight it. And again, uh, Dr. Phillips had put this out there, and other scientists are still kind of unraveling the cause of age-related anabolic resistance and some of the the known factors like so as you get older you know typically your, your hormones are not as high as they used to be so lower uh, estrogen and testosterone typically um, chronic underlying inflammation that rises with age the decrease in protein synthesis that promotes the the protein breakdown leading to muscle loss that's why i do say eating a a, a good sized protein diet is critical increased levels of body fat which can obviously exacerbate inflammation, especially if you gain it deep in the abdomen. Obviously, we call that the visceral fat, the stuff that's really, really in there. And an increase in cellular aging happens. Over time, the energy production centered around your cells, your mitochondria obviously grow less efficient. And also increasing number of old cells go into, um, what do you call that, like uh, sensings? Um, like the, the these damaged cells, they kind of hang around um, longer than they need to, releasing chemicals in the body. Now, the withering away of, of muscle tissue accelerates over time. So if that starts to happen, inflammation and inactivity accelerate the muscle loss. And if you lose a lot of muscle, your metabolism is going to slow. Your muscle is your metabolism, if you want to kind of think of it that way. You might feel weaker. You might feel more tired. And in response, you move less, you exercise less, and you accumulate more fat, 
more body fat, less muscle, more inflammation, and the cycle continues over and over and over. It's why, like, if you can get fit and keep it up, the rich get richer. If you're super out of shape, it's kind of like the poor get poor, and that's what sucks. And so you got to get yourself to a good spot, and you got to build a fucking routine. I don't care what you do if you're on, you know, a shit ton of steroids, if you're on, you know, copious amounts of testosterone or growth, or if you're uh, shooting up with... uh, it's the fucking um, semi-glutide. Um, I don't care. No matter what you do, you still got to do the work. That At the end of the day, that's the tried and true. You still got to fucking train. You still got to get good sleep. You still got to eat quality food. The drugs and the shit are only going to help for so long for so much. Father time, again, gets us all. And at first, like when you're in your 40s, um, these things start to slow gradually um, so much that you're, you're not really likely to notice yourself losing muscle size and strength and power. If you're somebody like me, you're mindful of it because you know with, with doing some of these really ridiculous Herculean things, injury um, can increase um, the likelihood of it. So obviously like your shoulders, your knees, your hips, your spine. And for me, I'm more mindful of just how everything feels. And again, I, I've said this before on here before, BJ Gadur and I talked about it at length. There's probably a time for like 10 years in a row I'd walk in here feeling like I got hit by a fucking bus, man, because I just would go so hard for so long, and I thought I had to really, you know, put myself through the ringer, and sometimes I did have to. That's the price you pay for being super fit. It's the price you pay to be in a magazine cover. It's the price you pay to be the guy for men's health. It's the price you pay, you know, to create all these programs and do what we do and, and amass, you know, people wanting to perform like you and look like you in, in this weird fucking world that we grew up in and built a career in, it's what you thought you had to do all the time. Um, and again, who knows, right? It's like any any athlete or anybody who trains, it's like, it's what got you to the dance, right? You know, it's like, but at some point it has to shift and you start to notice like, I got to be smarter with my training and no, like no matter what I do, no matter what it is, at some point, especially when you reach, you know, I don't know for most people, I think you start losing muscle tissue like after 30 years old, probably. It's probably like a certain percentage like every year. But obviously, as you get into your older years, like post 40, you're going to notice you lose a little muscle size and strength and power. But again, you can, you can get better in other areas to keep a different kind of strength to have a different kind of power, a different kind of mobility, a different kind of flexibility, a different type of endurance. It might not be the exact same when you as you were when you were 28, but some areas actually might be better. Now, if you go down the line here, if you're in your 60s and beyond, muscle and strength, it, it, the loss of it intensifies. And uh, they have a graphic here um, kind of walking through, you know, what it looks like and kind of how you would compare it. But just know like, you can keep a good amount of it, but no, it's not going to be, you know, the exact same as it was 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And I keep saying that just because I talk with so many people who are like, well, you know, I'm used to doing this. I'm like, well, maybe that doesn't serve you anymore. You know, like we used to go out to the bar till, you know, 1 a.m. till bar close and take shots of mind erasers, you know, a minute before we had to walk out the door and we were already shit faced. We don't do that anymore either, right? Like, so some things don't serve you, and some things you might have to shift and change. I don't barbell back squat, like, often or really hardly ever. 
I might build it into some programs and some weekly stuff because I know people do like it and I'm happy to, you know, create something that people want, but I don't necessarily need to do that ever again in my life. I don't really need to barbell bench press. I'm not against it, but I can get the same thing done with dumbbells, um, with loaded push-ups, with uh, loaded dips or even bodyweight dips and bodyweight push-ups. You know, I can strengthen at length. I don't need to do certain things. So just because you used to do something doesn't mean you still need to do it. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you still need to do that as well. So again, you're just getting smarter as you get older and say, hey, you know what, this is this is the season of my life now. And I remember BJ and I talking a while back, maybe like three, four years ago. Um, and he's like, you know what, you're in, we're in this mode of like, we don't got to be a beast anymore. You got to be a warrior. He's like, a beast is this thing that just goes and it's like its own kind of animal. But if you want the longevity, you got to become a warrior. And it, at the time, I'm kind of like, man, he's crazy. But like most times when him and I talk, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as I think about it now. Because the longevity is the name of the game. You know, you want to be not just around, but you want to be healthy um, and fit and feel good while you're here. And sometimes things come your way, health things and physical, mental, emotional, you can't really, you know, you can't avoid and it's going to happen. I go, but if you can put yourself in the best position to be successful by taking care of your body and not, you know, self-inflicting things, I think that's the best way to go about it. So real quick, if we're talking how to build muscle, strength and size and power, big, medium and small impact strategies. Now, all strategies aren't created equal. We know that. Um, What makes things confusing is sometimes the strategies that only have a tiny impact are promoted disproportionately. Usually, anecdotal studies or bullshit stuff you see on social media or companies trying to sell you some shit um, just to have you part with your money. You notice I don't we don't sell anything here, talk about anything here that's going to help you guys look like Arnold or be the world's strongest person. You know why? Because it doesn't fucking exist. It's not a thing. It just isn't. If you're looking at factors that affect muscle growth, what's the biggest thing? Genetics. Like, genetics is real. It's It just is. Like, I don't know how else to say it. You know, there's dudes you meet that are just... They're just naturally jacked. There's people you meet that are naturally fast. There's people you meet that naturally can jump 40 inches off the ground. There's people who naturally are better at math and can play piano or play guitar or memorize things, you name it. Genetics is a real thing. Uh, I don't mean to make this to be like a LeBron James podcast, but LeBron was not going to work at Wells Fargo. No matter what. He's six foot nine. he's 260 pounds, he is a freak of freaks. You know what I mean? Like, Deion Sanders was not going to work at Safeway. Bo Jackson was not going to be your accountant. It's just genetics is a real thing. We all have certain gifts. We all have certain deficiencies. But if you're looking at muscle, what affects muscle growth? Your genetics is number one. Next to that, um, age range training is real. How much you did as a young kid, I think, matters. How much resistance training you did, whether it be body weight or wrestling or football or basketball or baseball, if you played sports, that helps a lot. So the younger you started, the better off you'll be. Next to that, diet has got to be right there. Next to that, it's got to be sleep. And then next to that has got to be supplements. And so the biggest thing, genetics, by far. That's like a, a giant, think of it as a giant circle. The next circle, decent size, 
resistance training. The next one, smaller circle, diet. The next one, sleep, a tiny circle, supplements. And then outside of that, just shit that you can't control. That, my friends, is, is the biggest thing. So as you can see, the factor that is the biggest influence is your genetics. And also, that's a factor you have zero control over. Um, however, there are several factors that you do have control over. And if you fully leverage those, those things can have an enormous difference in your life and on your body. And again, some more than others. So you got to prioritize where you spend your energy and in, in what you really do. Um, I'll say this. There's like again, like when we look at people, like now if I use BJ as an example, because a lot of you guys know BJ has been on here a million times. He's you know one of the best to ever do it. BJ can naturally just build more muscle than me. It's just that's how his his makeup is. He's you know he was at one point like 300 fucking pounds. There's there's nothing I can do to be 300 pounds. I don't think if I sat in my bed and ate all day every day, my body would ever get to 300 pounds. It's just not genetically who I am. So he can build more muscle than me, for sure. He can hold more, more muscle on his frame than I can, for sure. Now, naturally, I'm leaner than he is. And naturally, I can be leaner than him. And I can get away with more shit than he can in terms of staying lean um, and not doing the same things he does. So we each have different gifts, but we can also meet in the middle. I can build as much muscle as him, and he can be as lean as me. Those things are we can do. So we both have genetic gifts just in slightly different arenas. And when you look at people around you, I think you'll see the same thing. So again, genetics is real. The next biggest thing that you can do, resistance training. What does that mean? Just picking up heavy shit. And again, heavy is relative, so I'm not telling you to go out and do one rep max stuff, but your muscle responds to the demands you put on them. So if you ask your muscles to lift heavy shit, they're going to get bigger and stronger and more powerful. It's not rocket science. Assuming you're not trying to be, you know, Captain America here and, and, and be Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can make progress with much less effort than you might expect, especially if you're currently starting from nothing. Now, how heavy do you have to lift? And obviously, if you're looking at, you know, a weekly strength training session, that would help most people, even if you just did it once. I think, you know, if you can work out, you know, three times a week, that's obviously ideal. For a lot of people, depending on your schedule, two to three sessions per week is optimal for most in terms of staying healthy and slowing aging. Um, that'll put you in probably the top you know, 15 or the top 10% of people on the planet. If you're someone who loves to load four loading sessions a week, now you join a group of uh, you know, elite people who, uh, who want to be essentially better at exercising and who want to look a certain way. And people who might want to, you know, beat their deadlift PRs and are really tracking things. But for most people, 3 by 52 is great. If you can work out four times a week, awesome. And some form of loading inside of that, I think, is is amazing. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you want to say what's heavy, like your final few reps, you know, are really tough. So, like, reps 7 to 9 is is rough for you to do. You know, you can finish it, but it's not easy. And in case you're curious, you know, free weights and machines – they work equally as well for helping you build muscle. They really do. Um, you, you get a stability uh, difference with the free weights. Uh, they're more dynamic. You can do more. I do like the stretches more in a lot of ways, but the machines are awesome too. I don't care what you do. Load is load is load. Your your pecs don't know what it is. You know, it's like it doesn't know if you're carrying a baby or a gallon of milk or a brick. It just it knows load is on the body. And obviously. Your training volume is going to depend on your personal goals and preferences and your, and your time constraints, but 
if you're trying to to mix in low rep stuff, I mean, three to six reps would be on the low end. And for most people, I don't think you have to go under five reps. I think five would be the lowest, but you do what you want. Um, what I mean is like five reps would be the lowest you go. You're not doing stuff that's so heavy. You can only lift it once or twice. If you want to go three to six, cool. I think five is kind of the sweet spot. And then you'll do higher load work like along with those. So like anything from eight to 20 reps. So think low rep stuff, three to six, the higher rep stuff, you know, eight to 20. If you want to be in that kind of sweet spot, like that 10 to 12 kind of rep range, cool, but I like everything in between. And that kind of blend helps you kind of maximize strength and build muscle while hopefully minimizing, you know, bullshit injuries that would come along the way. And if you want a prescription, again, we have all this stuff in the app. If you're looking at like two to three sets of four to six exercises per session, that will translate into probably like a 30 to 60 minute workout, you know, every time you go train. So again, just guidelines, nothing you have to follow. Obviously, we have full programs in the app if you guys want to, and I'll walk you through them. And there's some on there that are super taxing, and there's some that are more realistic for everybody. But if you love lifting and you have the luxury of being in the gym and being able to train and you want to go longer more often, that's awesome. But if you're tight on time, any strength training is better than none. Doing it once a week is better than zero times a week, obviously. And so when you decide you know, what and how to lift, the most important questions is what can you do consistently? What's the minimum effective dose you can commit to each and every week to be able to train? What can you promise yourself that you're not going to bullshit yourself out of? You know, how much time and effort can you devote to resistance training? What types of strength building activities do you enjoy and which ones do you hate? And build your program around the ones that you like and you're more likely to do. Obviously, if you can't commit to training five days a week, don't do it. If you can't commit to doing 10,000 steps a day, don't do it. If you can't commit to doing uh, a ruck 365 days, don't do it. Start where you can start. That's why I always say, man, three by 52, three workouts, excuse me, three workouts, three workouts per week for 30 minutes each for 52 weeks is awesome with some form of mobility, some form of strength training, some form of aerobic work all built in. On the other days, walk, ruck, ride a bike, do yoga, go for hikes, and you're golden. That's awesome enough for most people. But if your schedule doesn't allow that, two days per week. If it doesn't allow that, one day per week. You have to do at least one. And again, it can be all the stuff that you'd like if you hate certain things. For me, the biggest things I do, if you're saying, hey, what are the exercises I do most? I'm always pushing sleds. Uh, I'm always rucking. I'm always doing some form of carries, a lot of farmer's carries, uh, all different versions. But those are probably the three biggest things I do. On top of that, uh, I always do pull-ups. I always do push-ups. I always do dips. I always lunge. I always do step-ups. I always do uh, split squats, bodyweight squats, you name it. And then I, I like to do all the bro shit too because I love it, man. Um, I love dumbbell uh, incline bench press. I love doing uh, dumb. I love doing bicep curls. Who doesn't love curls? I love overhead pressing. You know, I do a lot of single leg work, uh, glute ham stuff. I do a lot of Nordics. Like, I like it all, man. So you got to find what you like and do more of that shit and do the biggest bang for your buck things, especially if you're short on time. The second thing on the list here, like we talked about protein, you got to eat enough protein. Protein obviously stimulates muscle growth. All of you guys know this uh, to prevent a deficiency. Um, you got to eat probably, you know, 0.8 0.8 to like a gram per pound of like lean body mass is, is probably ideal. It's going to be different for everyone. Um, but protein needs to go up with the activity level um, and your age. 
And uh, I'll talk about it in a second, but like how much protein do I need? If you're over 30 years old and you exercise regularly, you're probably going to need, like I said, uh, 0.8 grams to one gram per pound you weigh or like per pound of lean body mass if you want to go that way. So if you're someone who weighs like 200 pounds, probably like 150 to 200 grams is probably ideal. Um, Everybody's going to be a little bit different of what they can handle. Depending on body size, that adds up to be probably, you know, four to eight palm-sized portions of protein-rich food daily. Um, Again, there's just no way around it. Obviously, you know, uh, chicken, beef, steak, eggs, all um, great sources of protein. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk, you know, about protein quality and uh, the post-workout kind of protein window. Um, Here's my take. Eating protein around exercise um, is cool. But don't worry about this really narrow protein window. Like just after a workout, your your muscles are hungry for protein. Um, I get it. And people say, you got to slam within 10 minutes. I think that's really fucking extreme. That's not real life either. It's not consistent with what most people can do or want to do. I think as long as you're eating protein within like three hours of your workout, you're probably going to get what you need for the most part. In other words, if you ate lunch an hour ago and, you, and you're training and stuff, you don't have to worry about chugging a protein shake right after your workout. If you work out fasted, um, this shake maybe is a good idea if you want to do it that way. But I don't think you got to, you know, live and die within this metabolic window. I don't do it. I'm over 40 years old. I've never done it. You guys see me. If you think I look, you know, decent and have some muscle in my body, um, I think you'll be okay. Obviously, genetics is real. Yours might be different than me. And if you want to do it right after your workout, that's fine. But I don't think you have to. I don't think it's it's... Life or death. Within three hours, I think you should be cool. Now, obviously, you know, protein is protein is protein, uh, more or less. Uh, You can get it from a million different ways. The human body uh, doesn't absorb protein as as efficiently from plants as it does from animals. Again, this is not my opinion, you guys. This is just science. Um, I think if you look at it at scale, and again, I'm not against the plant-based stuff. Eat as much plant-based stuff as you want. I think it's great. I love the Koyas. Um, I like to drink them and we do like some of the plant-based things for sure, but I'm a, I'm a meat guy. I grew up in the Midwest, dude. It, steak all day. Like I could eat steak all day, every day until I fucking drop dead. Um, we eat a lot of it at our house from just meats. We do a lot of brisket. Uh, we do a lot of beef. We do a lot of chicken from them. Um, they do an awesome ground chuck. They do an awesome uh, ground turkey as well. Those are probably the biggest ones we do at our house for sure. Um, we do salmon in terms of fish. But if you look at, you know, plant-based athletes and physique competitors, you know, they might bump up their protein um, by a higher amount than the people who eat meat just because it's not as, you know, it's not absorbed quite as well. But again, I'm splitting hairs here. I'm like, if that's where you're at, you can reach out to us and we have programs where we can help you guys do that. Um, I think for most of you guys, just focusing on consuming enough overall protein from a variety of foods, rather than worrying about if your protein comes from plants and animals, is probably your best bet. I think you should have a nice, well-rounded mix in there. Um, but obviously, if you eat meat, that's the easiest, I guess, most bioavailable uh, way to get all the amino acids, the building blocks um, that you need in your body uh, every single day. Now, the next one, you got to eat enough calories, obviously, if you're going to build muscle. Eat more calories than you need, you're going to gain more than just muscle, you're going to gain fat too. It's kind of it's what happens. You know, you're not going to gain 
just pure muscle and no fat. Nobody does that. Not even the dudes who are on the, the best fucking drugs. It's not really a thing. If you, you know, start off at like novice level and if you never trained before, um, you'll probably do you better than somebody who's been training for a long time. Or if you're like, if you're super, super obese, maybe you can do two things at once. But for the most part, you gain muscle, you're going to gain fat. If you eat more calories than you burn, you're going to get bigger. Depending on where your body fat is stored and how much, sometimes excess fat can increase inflammation and, and hinder muscle growth. But again, for most of you, um, if you're relatively healthy, I think you're going to be just fine. Now, if you consume too few calories, you're not able to build muscle. You might even lose some. So again, if you're in a deficit, you're getting smaller, you're in a surplus, you're getting bigger. It's just a reality. You put more money in your bank account, you get richer. You take the money out of your bank account, you're probably going to get poor. It's really simple math there. Obviously, you need enough gas in your tank to recover and refuel, so you have to have energy you know, to face another training session and enough left over to build muscle tissue. You know, So you have to have enough so your muscles can actually rebuild themselves. That's why like the extreme diets you know, tend to backfire no matter which way you go. Eat too little, you'll lose fat, but you'll lose muscle tissue, and sometimes you'll lose a considerable amount. Now, there's a study here. Uh, 10 to 13% loss in overall weight can lead to accompanying 5 to 6% of muscle mass as well when you lose that. So when you lose 10, 13% of your body weight, you can lose 5 to 6% of your muscle mass. So by consuming, you know, too few calories, you're going to lose a lot. Now, if you consume enough calories, especially calories from protein, you're going to put yourself in a better position to preserve muscle as you kind of attempt to lose fat along the way. Again, not talking shit about... Um, semi-glutide stuff, but I know a lot of those people, they're not eating a lot. They're losing a lot of weight really fast. Um, you're losing fat for sure, which is great. You're losing muscle, which sucks. You're losing probably connective tissue as well. And if you're not eating enough protein and you're not putting enough um, stress on the body and you're under eating, you're just kind of withering away. And that sucks because as you get older, that happens naturally anyways, and you're just accelerating the process. And it's really tough uh, to kind of build that back. So again, I'm not judging anybody here. It's not for me to tell you what to do. If, if you're on a, a program with your doctor and they approve it, respect to you. But just be aware, um, everything in life comes with the trade-off. It, it really does. Um, it always has. Everybody knows this inherently. Everything in life comes uh, with the trade-off, both good uh, and bad. And so just know. Um, just know what you're doing and, and know, have a, an idea of what's going on in your body Um with your, you know, all the, the supplements and all the, the food you eat and your training and what you do. Now, if we're talking about um, how many calories is enough, it, it, it varies by everybody based on body size, gender, uh, how muscular you are, activity level. And obviously, all the activity you do impacts how many calories your body requires and needs. We have a macro calculator um, in the app. If you guys want it, it's in the extras tab. You can always check it out. And reach out to us if you got a question. If you guys want it as a free opt-in, I think we have it as a, a lead page too somewhere as well. And we're happy to uh, to share it with you for free if you guys are supporters of the podcast. Um, real quick, number four, just eating minimally processed foods. You guys already know this. Um, real food. Runs, flies, swims, grows from the earth. Eat most of that shit. Comes in a bag in a box and, and highly, highly processed. Eat less of it. What does that mean, Jeremy? Fruits, vegetables, nuts extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, beans, tubers, fish, chicken, steak, eggs. All these things have a shit ton of nutrients that keep 
um, inflammation regulated and slow muscle, obviously, as you age. Um, people who follow kind of that Mediterranean style diet um, in a kind of anti-inflammatory kind of whole foods way were less likely to be diagnosed with age-related muscle loss. Um, this is a study of about 3,000 people in their 60s and 70s. And conversely, people who consume diets loaded with highly processed foods, um, kind of the pro-inflammatory foods, if you will, were likely to be diagnosed with diseases. Go figure. Um, people who eat real food tend to be healthier. People who don't tend to be less healthy. It's not fucking rocket science. Most of you guys know that. Um, I just have to say it because I know it's hard for people to kick uh, some of the old habits. And so if, if you're talking about percentages and numbers, how much of your diet should be minimally processed um, versus like highly processed? Now, obviously consuming anti-inflammatory you know, foods doesn't have to be complicated. You don't need to worry. Um, you just do the best you can, obviously. Um, if you can buy organic, great. If you can't, buy the, buy the best things that you can find. So what I would say is the two principles, eat more fruits, vegetables. Um, if you're going to do the whole grains, make them as legit as they can be. Ezekiel stuff is awesome. Uh, I'm a fan of it. Um, there's an oatmeal. Is it, what is it? Elizabeth's? Elizabeth's does an oatmeal that we have. I think hers is legit too. Um, and obviously healthy fats. Again, like I said, nuts, olive oils, the fattier fishes. Um, eat less, you know, sweets, fried foods, chips, shit cooked at restaurants that you don't know what the fuck they're putting into it. Ideally, your diet would be made up of probably like 70 to 80% of minimally processed foods. If you want to be a gangster, I would go into the 90%. So meaning like out of every 10 meals you eat, 10 of them are legit. One of them maybe sucks. Um, I typically do one meal a week. That's not uh, ideal. I might have an item or two throughout the week, depending on my training that I might indulge in. But even a lot of that stuff, I tend to keep it, you know, real food. So like if I do a perfect bar, you know, is it bad for me? No, I mean, the calories are high and the fats are high, but it's still real food. I feel better doing that than like eating, you know, a Snickers. Even though the Snickers might have less calories, I feel better with the ingredients. And so I'm not like a an anti-eat shitty food person and I'm not like a, you know, a sugar Nazi or anything. Like, you know, if you want to eat fruit, eat fruit. I eat fruit every fucking day. I eat blueberries every day. Um, I eat blackberries a lot. I eat apples. I eat bananas. I think they're awesome. And I used to be like, well, I'm not going to eat a banana because I just want to eat cookies. And I'm now to the point where, fuck it, dude. I'm like, I don't need the cookies. If a banana is going to do it, like that'll do it for me. And I'm not saying I don't eat cookies. We made some vegan cookies actually last night and they're okay for what they were. They're not as good as like you go to a, a bakery, obviously, but also way less sugar, way less fat. And I eat way less of them. So I do things based on how I feel um, personally, but that's me. And uh, again, uh, I'm a fan of uh, pizza. I'm a fan of fries. I'm a fan of burgers, but not every single day. So again, your diet, 70, 80% minimally processed foods, maybe 90% if you want to be a gangster. If you're currently eating mostly processed shit, just start by replacing one shitty thing and go from there. Shallow and deep end. You don't got to jump all the way in and go crazy. If you're a cold turkey person, awesome. But for most people, What's the minimum effective dose you can commit to that you can do consistently? One that feels easy. And if that feels easy, then make another swap and another swap and another swap. And every little improvement does count over time. And you stack up little win after little win after little win. And I think we got one more here for you, right? I would say the last one, which is really important, get enough rest and recovery. You guys know this. It's tough to do when you're stressed and you got work and maybe you work a different schedule and you got to get up early as fuck and you got kids and 
and life, sleep is important. And I've battled with times of, of not sleeping um, much and sometimes not sleeping at all um, for days, which, you know, nothing breaks you quicker than not sleeping, man. That's what they do to the guys in fucking, you know, <laughs> SEAL training. You know, that's, there's a reason for that. Um, nothing breaks you faster than not sleeping. And the more you're training, um, the more you're going to have to let your muscles heal and grow. Um, and that's because, you know, during rest, your body uh, adapts and grows stronger. And so a resting body, obviously with the help of protein, works on repairing, you know, those kind of micro tears that you incur during a muscle workout. In the after process um, of that happening, you get slightly stronger muscles. And if you keep training back to back, and the micro damage doesn't get a chance to actually heal, um, it leaves you vulnerable to injury um, and weaker muscles over time. Hopefully you guys can hear that. It's a monster fucking jet taking off. If you guys don't know, our business is located in the Scottsdale um, Air Park here, and there's a, a private airport, and it's last couple of years become the, like one of the busiest airports privately, I believe, in North America. And we get a lot of these people who just, um, I guess a bunch of just fucking ballers flying in here like crazy, especially when the Super Bowl's here. Like I said, the Phoenix Open's coming here. Uh, Barrett Jackson just left. It's kind of wild to, to hear and see. Um, must be nice to be. Levels. Right. Levels of being rich, um, as I like to say. Anyways, um, you do got to recover, you guys, and you do have to take care of yourself, you know, with, again, tissue work, massage, mobility, uh, different uh, training therapies, which I'm not going to get into on this episode. But, you know, sleep. So how much rest and recovery do you need? You know, most adults require probably seven to nine hours of quality sleep a night. That obviously means you guys got to prioritize sleep and address any problems you have um, that interfere with your sleep. Um Again, next to that, you want to introduce like some rest days or some you know active recovery days between tough workouts. So if you kill yourself on a Monday, um, you know, let's say if you're a person like I train legs on a Monday, you're probably not going to train legs on a Tuesday. If you did a terrible Metcon on a Monday, probably not going to do a terrible Metcon on a Tuesday. You know, could be a lighter day on the Tuesday or an upper body day. You know, doing full body you know, splits I think is great. And you got to decide how much rest you need between workouts and at night and listen to your body. If you're feeling exhausted, run down and beat to shit, you might need a little bit more downtime. Uh, again, I recently have been started tracking uh, my sleep. Uh, we've been using the uh, the Fitbit, the Versa 4. Actually, I bought Heather one too. She just did this um, badass trail race run in, uh, in Sedona with one of her good friends yesterday, actually, which is super impressive because that's shit that I do not want to do. And uh, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, I got to get up early as hell. Um, a lot of the days I, I used to always wake up before 4am and, uh, I don't do that anymore. Um, it was required for me for, a, for a long period of time, uh, to build this business and to be successful, you know, whatever the fuck that means and to, uh, to get to this stage. <clears throat> but again, I don't have to do that anymore. And at over 40 years old, it's not healthy for me to do, especially if I'm, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And so what I try to do is I try to be in bed um, with my, you know, this Versa 4 Fitbit clicked on in sleep mode before 10 p.m. So I have a, a dedicated, just like you have a dedicated wake-up time, I have a dedicated sleep time. And uh, I've been doing it for the last uh, probably week or so here. And just looking at my, you know, they kind of score the sleep, they go through all the stages. I do like, I bought it for this uh, purpose. So I could look at, you know, um, my schedule and like how much overall sleep. So they give you like a kind of like a sleep score, which I think is super cool. Again, if you're neurotic about this, it's going to fuck you up. Obviously don't do it. Um, but I knew I'm to the point where I'm not going to freak out about it, 
but I do I do want to see where I'm at. So it'll basically log how much time you're awake, how much REM sleep, how much light sleep, how much deep sleep, and they'll give you benchmarks based on your age of, of kind of where you're at. And for me right now, I tend to be averaging just about seven hours um, of sleep time. Now, some days is, you know, more um, more or less, depending on, you know, what time. If I got to get up at, you know, before 4, which there's still days where I have to get up at basically right before 4 a.m., it's tough, dude, to get seven, eight hours of sleep on those days. It really is. Um, the other days, if I can wake up just a little bit later, um, it tends to be in my benefit. And I do feel better. Um, and I'll notice the difference. It's nice, you know, when I have you know, when I get more deeper sleep and REM sleep versus just the light sleep. Um, all the stages are obviously important, but my point is I've been sharing this because I, I do think it's important um, to have a dedicated sleep routine. And I can talk through all the things that I do. I know some of you have asked about it. I'll do it in a different episode um, when Heather comes on of like what I've done. And I think it's important to talk about because again, it, it, when you get shit sleep, man, it, it, life just sucks. It fucking does, dude. I, I battled with it uh, more than once in my life. And I I would wish it really on nobody because it's not fun and uh, it just makes it makes life uh, really rough to go through. But anyways, um, like last night, for example, um, which is probably different. We had a house guest um, at our house. We had uh, Heather and I are sleeping uh, together in bed. Um, our 14-year-old dog is on the floor. Our puppy is in between us. It's not an ideal setting. My sleep was, was fair, uh, is what they would call it um, on the app. There's like great, good, fair. I had what we call... Fair sleep last night, so I was asleep um, for total seven hour and uh, and ten minutes. And if I break down like the the categories, if you guys care, it's like you know I'm awake for an hour and thirteen minutes. My REM sleeps an hour thirty eight. My light sleeps four hours and ten minutes, and my deep sleeps an hour and twenty two minutes. And those are all within the benchmarks of like a healthy person who's my age and like what I would typically do. So not to get down the sleep rabbit hole, but I do think sleep is important and it's vital. And if you're not sure how you're sleeping, um, I would track it just to take a look. It also does measure your heart rate while you sleep. It does measure your oxygen levels, which I think is super cool. I do, um, you know, the night masks. I have a mouth guard because I have expensive ass veneers and I grab my fucking teeth. So I don't want to, you know, pay 50 grand to replace them all. And, um, I do one of the nasal strips too. Um, and a bunch of other things, but I can share that in another episode. Anyway, sleep is important. Um, and if you're not getting it, you're doing your body a huge disservice. Now, the other things, um, really quick, um, the medium impact strategies. If those were big things, um, these would be like the medium ones. Uh, I would say the big ones I just mentioned kind of probably controls 70 to 80% of the muscles that you can build. Um, if you're talking about, you know, other little strategies you can do in terms of just, you know, hey, you know, supplements and, and small impact things, there's a handful. Um, if you want to talk like, hey, what would be a medium impact thing? I think, you know, in terms of just you training um, and being consistent, social connection has a massive impact on your health. I think if you're chronically isolated, um, l- loneliness can drive up inflammation. There are studies on this. Um, I think working out with a friend or in a group of fucking savages can nourish your social life, but it can help you help keep exercise be a habit, albeit our Sunday Advanced Metcon group here, which none of us are fucking doing this on our own. This is the only reason we do it is because everybody shows up. Um, That's why I do think in-person gyms and group fitness training like we do will always fucking exist if if people are willing to work and show up and coach it. 
uh, because it's healthy and people need it. And research shows that people who train more consistently are the ones who do it with a friend or a group, and they tend to push themselves more often too, so they make greater gains. Not everybody. There's anomalies and there's lone wolves, and I love to work up by myself. I train by myself most days, but I'm also in an environment that I created to look and feel the exact way that I want. I can put on the movie that I want to listen to or the, or the song or the podcast, and I have access to every piece of equipment I want to buy, and I can go outside and be inside, and I have people who are around, and there's just an energy there. And it's better with people. So those are some, you know, I guess medium things that I would do. And the next thing is, is just to have fun with it, you know. Again, there's no wrong answer. You know, you can do bodybuilding. You can do uh, powerlifting. You can do CrossFit. You can do metabolic training. You can do mostly mobility or yoga. I don't give a shit. I go, you got to do little pieces of them all, but make it fun. You know, again, uh, the other day it was raining out here. And I couldn't go do my ruck, but I was committed to it. So I got on one of our air runner treadmills, put on my ruck pack, and I'm just watching, uh, what was I, what I have on, couples retreat maybe, or this is 40. And I'm just like having a laugh as I'm just going through space. Now, after I do this and load this podcast, I got some bullshit work stuff I have to do, which I don't want to do. And then I'm going to go through my mobility routine and I'm probably going to play a movie. Um, I was watching uh, Glass Onion the other day, Knives Out, one of those uh, kind of like clue movies. Um, or I'll just put on training day or whatever the fuck it is, like whatever I'm in the mood for um, and just watch it. And I'm like, this is great. The sun is shining. The door is open. No one's here fucking with me. I can do it. Make it fun for you. That is a strategy, you guys, to be successful. And the small impact stuff, you know, if we're talking about uh, supplements in building muscle, creatine's great. It's probably the most researched supplement in the history of the world. We have a full podcast on creatine. It's cheap. doesn't taste like anything. Um, helps the muscles to contract, speeds up recovery, increases muscles, excuse me, muscle strength and power. Um, it, I, it benefits muscle growth, I, I, but it's not, it's not a miracle. It's not, it's not Belco. You're not going to turn into Barry Bonds. Like it's, it's not steroids. It's not growth hormone. It's not even peptides. It's, it'll help a little bit. Um, it can also help with short-term memory and mental clarity, which is cool. Most people, three to five grams a day is probably healthy and fine. Um, but yeah, it does help. Uh, I'm not going to say it doesn't, but it's not a miracle by any means. You, and again, you do eat um, creatine when you're eating, obviously, meat as well, but just probably not enough to make a, a big enough impact. The other one, omega-3s. Um, again, like the krill oil we use from JLab, I think is awesome uh, because obviously there's anti-inflammatory effects of uh, the uh, the fatty acids, which can lead to, I guess, small increases in strength. There is research on that, and other research shows that it can help prevent and treat uh, muscle loss kind of as you age. The I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not saying you have to buy supplements, but if you're if you're somebody who kind of takes things to the extreme like me, I think it's a nice thing to add in. And for most of you guys, one to three grams, uh, you know, of combined EPA and DHA in your uh, you know krill oil or kind of fish oil supplement. Um, again, we have the J Lab stuff. If you guys want a discount, we usually always have it, and I'm happy to help. And again, vitamin D3, like we, you get free with AG1. So if you want to buy some AG1, you're going to get it free for a year. You should be taking it anyway. And it got, a lot of you guys know, like I get out in the sun way, way more now than ever. I do have a grounding practice I do in my backyard, um, you know, connecting my body to the earth, whether you guys believe in that or not. Hey, judge me if you like. But it's also a time where I can go out there, um, relax, either put on like spa music, and I really do do that in my headphones, um, or no, nothing at all. And it's like I got this old ass dog that comes out and wants to be by me, and I got this little puppy, 
and I'm just out there relaxing and getting just vitamin D into my body, trying to get as much skin exposure as I can. Um, and if you're not in a place you can do that, I think you should supplement with it. You should probably anyways. Um, again, sunshine, without it, a deficiency can interfere with you growing muscle. Um, I would say for most of you guys, uh, one to 1,000 to 2,000 IUs a day or whatever your doctor recommends you in terms of a dose, you know, doing too much isn't going to really benefit you. Um, I would do it until you get kind of nor- normal, you know, serum levels. Um, so you're not insufficient and you're not deficient. You want to be sufficient in it. And then if you want a performance enhancer, I guess caffeine would do it. When you have caffeine before your workout, it can help you kind of increase muscle uh, strength and power during the session um, and lower your perceived uh, exertion level. And so recommendations, uh, three to six uh, milligrams per, I guess, kilogram of caffeine uh, can trigger anxiety in some people. So if you have way too much, it can fucking jack you up. And so I'd experiment for sure, like 100 milligrams, um, I guess, is, is like... 100 milligrams is roughly eight ounces of brewed coffee. And I think you guys would be fine with a cup of coffee. Obviously, you guys know where you're at. Um, what I do is we do have a, a green tea extract here, which I do like um, that I'll throw in sometimes. There's a little vitamin C in it as well. But it will have like 400 milligrams of uh, green tea extract, and there's 32 milligrams of naturally occurring caffeine. I do it for the the catechins, actually, that are in green tea extract, we're going to touch about on a different episode. I do it for for that benefit. Um, and just because I know it does have a little caffeine in there, I throw it in um, before I do work out. I don't think it makes a huge difference because I'm usually had coffee already. But uh, I usually have coffee early in the day. I train typically later, kind of late morning, midday. And uh, if that's my little boost, and that's the boost that I throw in, I don't feel jittery, I don't feel weird, and I think it's just enough. And there's obviously a ton of other benefits of putting green tea uh, into your body. So that is what I would say in terms of supplements. Now, for you guys, it's really basic stuff. Um, If you're doing something right now, just be a little bit better. Um, You got to realize what most people do, and it's nothing. For most people, um, 70, 80% of people do no strength training at all. I would say it might even be higher. Um, I know they have studies on this, but I think it's probably even higher. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, 10 people you see, eight of them do zero strength training. Zero. I would say it's probably nine out of 10, honestly. Uh, the rest of you, just start with once a week if you're doing none. Um, for a lot of people, you know, even just doing 10 minutes a couple of times a week, if you're sedentary to active, can be a huge game changer. Or just adding in five extra minutes of something to 10 minutes of something after every workout or intra workout can make a huge difference. So what does that mean, Jeremy? Like push a sled for five minutes with load, push and pull it with load for five minutes. Huge one. Farmer's carries, do a minute on, do a minute off, three sets. Awesome. Put on a ruck pack, walk around or put a weight vest on, do some step-ups, do some push-ups, do some, some bodyweight squats with a weight vest on for a minute on, a minute off for three sets. You're talking a five to six minute investment of your day. Not super huge, not super crazy, and has huge benefits to you guys in terms of what you want to do in your body. So that, my friends, all stuff you know, how to build muscle, how to keep muscle, um, the things that I would suggest doing um, now until forever. And just as the seasons of life change and your goals change and you evolve and change, 
You'll find new wrinkles and new pieces you can throw in, and that's the beauty of it. Um, there's no perfect answer. There's no right or wrong answer, but the takeaway is you have to do something. You have to challenge the body. Um, if you don't, you're going to get older, softer, wrinklier. Your hair will fall out or it'll get thin or gray or it'll be like my beard and turn white, um, which is super depressing. Uh, but uh, that's the reality, man. And so you got to fight off as long as you can. You know, you, it's, it's weird because like when you're younger, at least for me, like you're building, you're building, you're building. I think that's how you look at a business too. Like I'm going to build this and build this. And then you get to the point of like, what am I, what am I building? Like, what am I doing? You know, you start to question um, your sanity at some point, at least I do. But you're building your body, you're building your body. And then you're like, well, I'm still building it, but I've already built it. So now I want to maintain the good things that I have and I want to fix the imbalances and get rid of the pain, the stiffness, and the tightness, and the weaknesses that I have and see if I can be well-rounded. And if that means, you know, my biceps aren't as big as they were when I was 27 years old, that's okay. But if I don't have pain in my hips and I my shoulders don't hurt, you know, and I can do all the same things I've ever done, that I, I'm doing the same th- I could do the same things at over 40 that I could do at 20. Can I do them at the same volume, rate, speed? No, I can't. I go, but I can do them. And that, my friends, is a win. And I still like the way that I look. You like the way that you feel. You like the way that you move. And that, my friends, is success and winning. And you're doing things that you enjoy doing. And then you sprinkle in the things that suck. And if you can't do that, you get with people in a group like we do here or in an app or in a challenge. And you do the things that suck that challenge you. But it should be fun. So, Hopefully that helps some of you guys uh, give you like a kind of a picture of how to get muscle, how to keep muscle, and how to just live a badass life, being as healthy as you you possibly can in this in this crazy world we're uh, we're all living in. And I'll share this really quick. I shared it the other day um, on an email. If you guys are on our newsletter, obviously you saw it. We sent out th- at least three emails a week every week for fifty two weeks. I've done that for fourteen plus years at this point. If you want to be on there, we'll throw you on the list. I think I share a lot of valuable stuff, a lot of deals with our friends that we work with too. But uh, just in terms of work and life in general, Nick Saban, um, I don't think I've said this in the podcast yet. And if I have, I apologize. Nick Saban uh, retired a couple weeks ago. Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. He is the, if if we're measuring GOAT status by wins, he is the fucking man. He has been the most dominant. They have, you know, amassed this enormous amount of national championships, conference championships, the most dominant football program. It's Alabama football. Everybody fucking knows it. They were on top for so long and so dominant. We've never seen anything like it. And he is the coach. He's, he's, the, he's the greatest. He's the GOAT. You know, He is the guy in college football who you say, who is the Michael Jordan? It's Nick fucking Saban. And I'm not an Alabama fan. This is just facts here. Um, he retired, and they replaced him in two days. Nick Saban retired, and they replaced him with in two days. If you think that your job and your career is the most important thing that you do, it's the most important thing in your life, it is not. The greatest college football coach of all time was replaced in two days. How long do you think it'll take them to replace you? And it might actually take them longer to replace you, but you will be replaced. And they'll send out an email and say that you're gone. And after that, no one will give a shit. 
And the only person who will remember that you worked the super long hours will be your boss and maybe your coworkers, your friends, your family, your kids certainly will not. And this is not to, to get depressing here, but this is coming from an entrepreneur and somebody like me who for a long time had worked 100-hour weeks, who woke up for over a decade before 4 a.m. to do all the things, to learn all the things I had to learn, to meet with all the people I had to meet with, to acquire the amount of money I had to acquire, to buy the things I needed to buy, to put myself in a position to be here. And would I change it? No, because it got me here, but there's obviously stuff I probably would have liked to do different. You know, there's more things I wish I could have went to, um, but I, I I did the best I could with what I knew. And now as I'm, you know, older, I realize like, you'll get the email return when you get it. I don't give a fuck if you got to wait a little bit. And I'm really responsive and, I, and I'm on top of everything. Um, but if you message me on social, I'll get to it when I get to it. My phone is not attached to me. When I leave here and I go home, if it's urgent, I can get to it. And if you have my personal number and you can message me, like, you know. But for the most part, like, I don't have, if I'm doing something with my wife or my friends, I don't have to have my phone with me. My phone doesn't got to come with me in the grocery store. It doesn't got to come with me in the bank. If I go, I'm been jumping into acupuncture lately, uh, which is great, which I'll talk about more on the, on the podcast. I actually go twice next week which I'm looking forward to. I actually can fall asleep there, which is fucking awesome. And you come out and it feels like I don't want to do anything. So I'm having to put the appointments later in the day because after I get out, I'm like, I don't want to do shit, which is awesome, which is something I never would have done a decade ago. But when I go in there, my phone doesn't go with me. No one needs to call me in there. Um, And I guess that's the takeaway is work really hard. Work as hard as you can at your craft and at your job and be the best you can be. And when you're done, you're done. And no, it might be a huge part of your life and it might be uh, an integral part of your life and you might die for your craft and it might be vital to your existence and your sanity and your mental health and your emotional health and that's all cool, but it's not your fucking life. Yes, it's called Jeremy Scott Fitness and I know all that, but it is not every single thing in my life. It's not everything about who I am and what I am. And I know if I drop dead, the people who train here will go train somewhere else there'll be another plate because they still have to exercise. It's not against me. It's just the nature of the beast. They'll go train somewhere else. I'm not putting out stuff anymore on the app. I'm, I'm dead and I'm gone. People will go somewhere else for it. You know what I'm saying? Like what you do is important, but you have to understand you're only here for so long. There's just this finite, you know, amount of time that we're on this earth and you have to do important things. Again, it's why I always say do more shit. You love people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. And it could be gone in 40 years or four years or four days or four hours. Um, and that's kind of the mind fuck of it all, right? It's why we appreciate it. Um, but I just thought seeing that, you know, Saban was replaced so quickly and so fast, and we all like to think of, of what we do is is so important. And uh, again, I say it a lot, you know, in 100 years, no one will give a shit that we're even here and any of this was going on. So don't take yourself too serious. Work hard. Um, do things that are important to you and, and give you enough value in your life and things that are meaningful to you and, and make enough money to support yourself and your family and, and do fun things, but don't live and die by it. Because um, at the end of the day, all that really matters is how much fun you have and how much meaning you're getting from life and how much fulfillment you're getting and how much you are giving back uh, to the world, but more importantly, the people who are super close to you. 
And I think oftentimes we can lose sight of that when we just focus on, you know, buying the next house or the, the fancier car or this these clothes or whatever it may be. Um, all those things are important, but they're not the most important thing. And to me, that's really just pouring into the people who you need to pour into and just uh, absorbing all the awesome stuff that that they give off. And there's a synergy there for sure. So anyways, that's my uh, esoteric rant on you not basically dying for your boss and dying for your job because they don't give a fuck about you. You got to do what's best for you and yourself and your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health. And oftentimes that's not you working overtime and taking on jobs and doing shit that you don't want to do, my friends. So that's all part of being healthy. And if you can do less of the shit you hate, you can do more of the stuff you love, like Jack and Steel and just being shredded and tan and all the other awesome things that come with being super fit. Uh, I appreciate you guys. As always, if you're on um, Spotify, drop it a five-star. Leave the episode a review. I'd appreciate it. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, drop it a five-star. Leave a comment. We thank you guys for that. If you really love us, drop us a Google review. Uh, we'll always take those. And again, reminder, our, uh, our YouTube uh, is free for you guys. Jeremy's got fitness on YouTube. Thousands of videos on there. Subscribe, like it. Um, we appreciate it. And then, uh, yeah, if you guys want a free sample of AG1, hit me up. You're always welcome in the Jeremy Scott Fitness app. And then if you want the discount from our friends at Just Meets, 25% off your first order. Get the hookup. And if you have questions on any of the stuff that they offer, I'm happy to answer. All the other podcast sponsors are in the show notes. Thank you guys who are watching on YouTube. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. Uh, and thank you guys for the support. Just keep being healthy, keep being happy, and just living the most badass fucking life you can because that's all any of us can do, regardless if it's in, if you're in a great season or a shitty season. No, if you're even if you're going through hell right now, all I can tell you is just keep going through it, man. Um, there's a lesson there uh, at the end of it. Not always easy to see. Um, Lord knows uh, I've been through it, and I don't want to learn a lot of them, but um, that's what they're there for. And they're not there to bury you. They're just there to make you... Uh, a stronger, more badass version of yourself as you kind of grow through it. So take that with you this week into all your workouts and into everything you do in your life. And as always, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.